On the cover, four young heroes stand silhouetted in front of the face of an enormous clock tower. A toned figure floats in the air, radiating energy. An athletic young man crouches next to his loyal dog. A dangerous young woman surveys the city with her daggers drawn, and a hooded form grows demonic shadowy wings. Behind them, the ornate minute hand points to 11, while the hour hand points to 12. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 0, Part 1, Five Minutes to Midnight. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Welcome, everyone, to Wonder World Comics. Uh, we are here today for our Volume Zero. Um, in lieu of a kind of traditional Volume Zero, where we would just kind of talk about this city and establish some lore and go through our How the Team Came Together questions, uh, we are going to be playing a game called Anyone Can Wear the Mask. Uh, it's a card game by the incredible Jeff Stormer, uh, who's the host of the Party of One Pod and All My Fantasy Children. Um, check out the link to his store in the description and uh, where you can buy Anyone Can Wear the Mask and his other amazing games. We'll be using this game to tell the story of our four young heroes, the city they defend, and the villain that ultimately rises to bring them together. Along the way, we'll be drawing cards, rolling dice, and exploring New Olympus, meeting different friends and foes, and witnessing the founding of this amazing super team. Uh, so each turn, we'll draw a card, which will take us to somewhere in the city. Uh, it could be a place in danger or the location of a powerful figure. Um, so I will introduce a villain or an NPC. Then the hero and their teammate will describe how they save the day. We'll roll some dice to see what happens. And um, somewhere in the deck is the Joker. And when we draw the Joker, go right into the downfall and the uprising and the team coming together for the first time. Um, cool. If there are no questions, I think we will just jump right into the gameplay. I guess we'll start with Moonflower. Because uh, you are kind of the linchpin of this team. And then... Um, how do you want to determine which of your other three teammates is with you? Um, do you want to kind of rotate or do it randomly? Or because there will be two characters in every scene, a main character and kind of their assistant. I think random. Random? Cool. Um, cool. So let's have the, um, the active player roll a d6. On a one or a two, it is the next person in the turn order. Uh, three or four, it's two people after you. And five or six, it's three people after you. Um, and officially, the turn order will be uh, Moonflower, KT, Midas, and Southpaw. So I'm rolling a dice, is what you're saying. Yes, one six-sided die. die. It is a four. Awesome. Um, so that means Midas will be joining you. It is I, me. And I am going to draw our first card. And it is the five of spades. So, um, cool. So the spades means that we are going to um, Old Town, uh, specifically near the library where Midas lives and studies and hangs out. Um, Old Town um, is a, has lots of low brick buildings, um, kind of like four to seven stories tall, generally. Um, is the heart of the city, home of Town Hall, and the iconic giant clock tower um, that we saw on the cover. So, uh, but today, Moonflower, there is trouble afoot. Um, it is afternoon, and alarms are blaring. Uh, the police are out in force because there is a robbery going down at a bank. And um, Lethal Laser 2 is there blasting his way into the vault in order to get some cash. Uh, so Lethal Laser is ex-military, um, very, very intelligent engineer. Um, and he, he doesn't have any natural superpowers, but he has built a giant backpack battery that connects to this massive laser pistol. And he is trying to blast down the doors of this bank vault. And... Uh, so, Moonflower, go ahead and describe where you and Midas are in this scene in downtown. Have Midas and I hung out before? 
Is this, is this kind of a new thing? Um, yeah. So these are all going to be scenes um, in the metafiction level. These are all going to be scenes uh, from your kind of your own comic runs. You know, you guys have had, you know, your own solo series for a while now. And this is kind of the run up to the launch of The Midnighters, which is your team series. Um, so I guess it's up to you. This might be the first time you've met um, or yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think makes sense, Theo? Um, I, I feel like maybe just a, maybe it could be like one of the first few run-ins, but not necessarily the cool. first few run-ins. Then, then you kind of get the, the whole like, you know, are we focusing more on the story between us, the story between the villains? You know? mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Yes. But that's my personal opinion. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Um, yeah. So, um, at least have a broad knowledge base of each other, even if it's mm -hmm. not like. Yeah, you know. Moonflower is definitely aware of Midas of just everything. because of her situation. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, so Moonflower, you uh, got the alert in your base that this robbery was going down. And Midas, you live basically next door, so you are in the area. So yeah, let's have the two of you meeting up on a rooftop overlooking this situation. What is your, what you guys say to each other, what's your plan of attack? How are you going to take down Lethal Laser? I say, what is our plan of attack? How are we going to take down the building? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, that was mostly for. for <laughs> um, I was swept so, away. I was swept away by that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That one definitely landed, Theo. Good job. Um, so, Kyra, why don't you? Give us a brief physical description of Moonflower and where she is on this rooftop. Okay, so Moonflower is um, short and agile and good at moving around quick. Um, she's got kind of black hood um, on her costume, some purple accents, but mostly black. Um, kind of longish brown hair. Um, she is going to be like perched on somewhere with a pretty good uh view she likes being able to see things awesome and uh theo what does midas look like and where is he at as this scene is unfolding uh midas is a pale lanky boy with dark hair and uh has a a suit which he named suit uh, which is sort of a uh demonic um symbiote which can be sort of summoned at will so um, Midas would be donning it at the moment, um, which is sort of dark and shadowy with, with flaming wings, um, with the option to have head exposed or not exposed. For the purposes of conversations, we'll assume head is exposed. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Moonflower, how are you, what is your plan to stop Lethal Laser? He has got just duffel bags stuffed with cash and is making his way towards the front of the bank. Um, I am going to ask Midas how he feels about being a distraction, since I think um, I may be a little better at moving quietly than he is a little less noticeable. Distractions are somewhat of a speciality of mine. So my recommendation is I'm, I'm going to let Midas be very distracting um, and use that opportunity to get in close and um, create some opportunity with my knives. Awesome. Moonflower, your uh, strong suit are diamonds. Um, so you are uh, unfamiliar in Old Town here, represented by the spades. However, the spades are Midas's strong suit. Um, so you get a plus one. So you are going to roll two six-sided die and take the highest result. Okay, so the higher of the two is five. Excellent. Um, so the two of you rise to the occasion and manage to save the day. What great moment of heroism do you achieve? So yeah, give us a quick uh, few splash panels of the two of you creating this, Midas creating this distraction and then Moonflower uh, taking out this villain. I'll, I'll jump in real quick just because uh, I'm going to do the distracting part. I, uh, I shall swoop down from the rooftop using my fiery wings. Um, and I'm going to assume that he hasn't quite exited the building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I spew forth jets of flames from both my hands 
kind of blocking off both sides of the street. Awesome. Awesome. That definitely gets his attention. Um, and he is looking right at you with his gun pointed at you. Uh, Moonflower, how do you take this guy out? So I think as we've uh, seen Midas throw in some flames, um, we've maybe seen in the background Moonflower just kind of creeping closer. And I think she's going to come at him from behind just because he's not looking there. I think he's looking at the things that are on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she's just going to kind of grab him from behind and knife to throat. Easy peasy. Nice. Yeah. She could like uh, cut the power cord to his laser pistol. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is that a euphemism I'm not familiar with? (laughs) Cut the power cord to his laser pistol? Yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> it's a phrase I picked up on TikTok. All the zoomers are using. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, awesome. I'm, he's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys did incredibly well. Um, the uh, everyone is like super enthused as you are kind of leading Lethal Laser Two into custody, and uh, he's you know yelling obscenities at you and cursing these dastardly kids as he's getting shoved into the cop car. Um, and uh, Moonflower and Midas, you kind of have a moment after all of this has gone down. I go in for a crisp high five, a little bit awkwardly, but I go for it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna like not act like it's awkward. Good. Awesome. Totally normal high five as far as I'm concerned. Awesome. Yep. Just your totally average high five with a, a angsty demon boy you just met. Yeah. I still have claws out, though. That's mm-hmm. why it's a little mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. Do you, do you say anything to each other? I'm going to say, like, I think that went pretty well. We should, should consider doing it again. I think so. I think Eden's kind of scoping out her own team at this point, so... Excellent, excellent. Land the foundation. I'd, I'd also let Moonflower know that I uh, I reside within the library should she ever uh, require some superhero assistance. Duly noted. Yeah, the library is a uh, building in Old Town that is basically uh, if the Sanctum Sanctorum and a public library had a child. Um Say public resource for young uh, supers and young people in the city. Um, awesome. Uh, so that wraps that up. And uh, now it will be KT's turn. Uh, KT, roll. And uh, let's figure out who's going to be in the scene with you. I'm going to call that a two. Awesome. Um, so uh, Midas, you <laughs> are a busy boy. Um Got a lot of city saving to do. Mm-hmm. And I have drawn the King of Clubs. So um, this will take us to somewhere protected. Now, the face cards represent important uh, NPCs, powerful people within the city. And um, the kings in particular represent people who are going to get in your way, uh, who are going to try and stop our heroes who are not your friend, and anytime we draw a club from now on, this person, whoever they are, is going to make your lives more difficult um, whenever we are uh, in Paragon Island, uh, as represented I, by clubs. I really hope that doesn't mean somebody higher up from Farsec. Mm, yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this is happening on Paragon Island, which is uh, an island... Uh, just across the bay, uh, not too far out from the main city, connected by uh, Founders Bridge. And it is the main financial center of the massive city. Uh, so lots of skyscrapers. Um, think, yeah, like downtown Manhattan on that island is the Farsec facility. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Cool. So we've drawn the king of clubs. So, yes, this is someone with powerful political connections. Uh, so this is going to be Director Langley. He is the head of uh, FARSEC, which is the uh, Federal Anomalous Research and Security Bureau. It's the uh, government organization in charge of researching and uh, protecting the United States from uh, superpower phenomenon. Yeah, so this scene takes place, uh, let's say, outside FARSEC HQ. It's a big... Um, 
sort of circular round, very modern looking building, large open campus, lots of grass and trees and everything. Uh, and what, um, Midas, what are you doing on Paragon Island over by Farsack HQ? Um, you know, what time of day is it? Um, I don't know. What time of day is it? Feels like it might be dusky. Awesome. So it, it's a little dusky out. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think uh, I think I was probably uh, scooping out the town, uh, going over the bridge via wings because uh, I'm just doing a little little scouting out into the part of town I'm not usually in. See what's see what's up over there. Being that this is obviously a crime ridden city. Obviously, it's just yep, yeah, just lousy with crime. It, it just just lousy. You can't even go outside. Riddled with it. Excellent. Um, and KT, what are you doing um, out and about this dusky evening? Uh, I'm going to say KT is flying at about 53 miles an hour, heading <laughs> southeast towards uh, towards Elysium Heights, away from Farsec headquarters, and uh, everything nailed down, being uh, thrown behind themselves. Awesome. So you are booking it at high speed. Booking um, it at high speed. Cool. So the two of you arrive at this big press conference that's being given uh, where Founders Bridge connects to Paragon Island. And uh, Director Langley is there. He is a uh, middle-aged white man, balding, wears glasses, has a very trim suit, um, always looks like very tired, uh, has a lot of long nights and he is there giving a speech about uh the dangers of young superheroes in the city and uh the reckless use of their powers um so when you arrive he is uh giving the interview to the camera and you can hear him saying yeah and i mean just yesterday uh there was this massive robbery uh by lethal laser 2 down down in moldtown uh there was massive property damage, and uh, the police had it under control. And then these two young supers showed up and started shooting fire everywhere. Uh, police cars were exploding. These, these kids are a menace to society, and their powers are extremely dangerous. And uh, you can rest assured that we will be cracking down on these young supers. Uh, how do the two of you react to that? I, uh, I I powered down the old the old suit and just sort of. Pops back in me, and uh, I'm a little offended because uh, you know I was doing the city a good service with the moonflower the previous day. I'm a little, little unappreciated, but I give I give the camera that gym look. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, Sawyer, uh, why don't you give us a little quick description of KT? As, and uh, what they're doing. As Director Langley finishes his diatribe, uh, he sees, not out of the corner of his eyes, because uh, KT is in front of him, hovering 25 feet above the ground. A five-foot, five-inch tall, gray-haired, tan-skinned um, humanoid, wearing a silvery black bodysuit that exposes... Uh, Exposes their fingertips and their toe tips. <laughs> the interviewer spots you and uh, kind of motions to her cameraman to pan up. And uh, she says, um, well, looks like we have uh, one of these young superheroes here right now. Um, would you like to answer a few questions? What is a superhero? <laughs> And Langley is just furious. He's just like, look, these kids don't even know what they're doing. They have no idea what being a hero entails, what it's about, the responsibility required, uh, which is why today I'm announcing my new initiative to have all underage heroes within the city registered and assigned to government-approved teams that will report directly to Farsec. Uh, this is an initiative I've had in the works for a long time, and uh, uh, the time is now. There's never been, uh, clearly, there's never been more pressing uh, 
need for this act than today. Uh, Midas, what do you think of this news? Uh, I'm not very happy about it, but uh, I'm I'm keeping keeping myself a little quiet because I don't really want. Uh, I assume there's there's a decently sized crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't really want anybody to notice me, and so I'm I'm keeping quiet. But uh, how many how many me. lights? How many light? Like how bright is it in this immediate area? Um, it's fairly well lit. There's a uh, yeah, a bunch of lights on Founders Bridge itself, and um, yeah, there's a bunch of street lights and stuff, and there's lights from the camera crew. And you said it was dusk earlier. Let's uh, yes, like seven, eight o'clock ish at night, depending on the time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, are we like on daylight savings? Or... <laughs> yes, it is late evening. So it's it's been like seven or eight hours since lunch. Mm, <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, I'm very all, interested in where this goes. <laughs> all available sources of light in a four-block area dim to about half power because KT's feeling a bit peckish. Awesome. And uh, as everything gets dimmer, uh, KT becomes the brightest thing in the four-block city area. Amazing. Do you do you say anything, or are you just having a, a light snack? <laughs> no, KT's just going <laughs> to chow down. A awesome. light snack. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm here all session. Um, cool. Um, so I think, uh, awesome. Yeah, so now whenever we draw a club um, and are in Paragon Island, uh, Director Langley will be there. And mechanically, that means uh, any rolls there will have a minus one. So uh, you roll two dice and take the lowest result. Mm. Next, we have Midas. Oh, it's um, me. Yeah, yes, it is your turn. You don't get a rest at all. <laughs> um, so let's uh, determine who your companion will be for this this scene. Is it possible to roll myself? It is not, in fact. I have rolled a three. Awesome. Um, so that means you and Moonflower are hanging out again. Double team up. And... I have drawn, ooh, the nine of clubs. So um, this is back in Paragon Island. So this is going to take place later that evening. Um, And there has been a kind of a kerfuffle over by the New Olympus Stock Exchange. Um, And there's kind of a loud commotion, some yelling, uh, and kind of like sounds of a fight. Uh, yeah, so Midas, uh, what have you been doing this evening? Uh, after what your... hasn't he been doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what have you been up to in the last five minutes since your last adventure? Yes, we know uh, who the Wolverine of the Midnighters is. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I took, a, took a little walk to uh, to think and contemplate about uh, the things that. Director, I can't remember his name. Langley. Langley. Director Langley said because uh, I'm pretty frustrated with with uh, just just being just being a good boy using dark powers to do good things. There you go. Uh, so I'm just I'm just honestly out for a little walk, just thinking about life. Cool. Um, and Moonflower, what are you doing in the area? It's a great question. This is why I asked it. <laughs> Um, well, a bunch of lights just went out on Founders Bridge, which might be of interest to me. That is, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You would absolutely be investigating that. That makes sense. Awesome. So the two of you are out kind of patrolling the streets for your own different reasons when you hear this commotion and like a scream of someone like in pain. What do you do? Does it sound far away or close? Nearby. Nearby, is this like? Is there still like a lot of people around? Um, no, it's uh, it's later at night. The streets are pretty clear. Um, Paragon Island gets really empty at night because um, it's like the financial center, so everyone goes home. Makes sense. Makes sense. I immediately bust out the wings and and I fly like the wind. Awesome. So you swoop into this alleyway and you see um two young men, uh, kind of young adults, um. Like in their mid twenties, uh, one of them has like a knife out, and the other one is bleeding. And there is a creature kind of standing over them menacingly. 
uh, about like six and a half feet tall, wearing kind of like raggy clothes that are super baggy. Can't really see much of them, but what you can see of their face, uh, they have very kind of like wet looking skin um, and big bulging eyes and tentacles coming out of their, like their mouth, sort of like Davy Jones style. Mm, little, little miniature yes. Cthulhu. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you said there's t- there's two humans. There are two humans and this this creature that is menacing them. And one of the, one of the humans stabbed the other one. Um, one of the the two humans are both facing off the creature. One of one of them is bleeding, and the other one has his knife out trying to defend. His oh, 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 okay. I got a little confused at first. And is it just me there at the moment? Um. Moonflower is also there. I don't know that you have you I, noticed that she's there yet. I'll ask you. I I haven't because I don't know where she is. <laughs> <laughs> she is very quiet. <laughs> Can't argue with logic like that. <laughs> I, I've got glowing eyes and flaming wings. I don't think it's that hard to see where I am. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so you are going to go rushing in, Moonflower. What are you? What is your approach to this situation? Um. I mean, I, th- I think Midas is providing literally the firepower, <laughs> right? Like, awesome. Um, in which case, I might focus on the civilians. Okay. If I can kind of. Awesome. That sounds great. Grab them out of there. Awesome. Um, so Midas, uh, uh, so we drew the nine of clubs. Um, which matches the color of your strong suit, but not the suit itself. Um, so you'll be rolling with plus one. However, Director Langley is on the prowl and will give you a minus one. So you roll d- 1d6 flat. Cool. A two. A two. It's not the best number out of six. Awesome. Um, so on a two to a three, you manage to stop the threat, but it's messy. Um, how do you stop the threat? What goes wrong along the way? And then you will either be taking an injury, which will give you minus one ongoing on your rolls, or um, you will cause collateral damage to the city mm-hmm. in this uh, encounter. So, um, yeah, what is your throwdown with this mystery squid person so- look like? Mr. Squid, um, he seems a little wet and slippery, so mm-hmm. it could get easy to to fumble the football, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right over these two human beings um, and get into sort of a rolling tackle with um, with Squiddy, and um, I, we accidentally kind of uh, go right through the wall of of the building that's right there. Awesome. The way. Awesome. Yeah, so you guys go tumbling through the glass onto the floor of the New Olympus Stock Exchange. Ooh, I didn't know that was the building. (laughs) Yes, it is that building. No, this is awesome. I love it. Yeah, and um, as you go tumbling through the building, immediately Farsec agents start swarming the place. And Moonflower, you recognize that this was like some sort of sting operation that the two of you have just kind of stumbled into. Barsec was setting up uh, this this uh, situation so they could try and capture this uh, squid person, whoever they are. And uh, your new acquaintance, friend, Midas, uh, just tackled him through a window. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what are you what are you doing? I'm gonna get a little more hands-on now. Um... My thinking being that this is obviously not great, and the best way to salvage what we can is to like take this Mr. Squid down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm gonna go in, knives, knives blaring, and ready to just slash. Yes, knives blaring in a very loud way. But nice too. <laughs> awesome. My, Midas notices how loud those knives are. <laughs> Yeah, so the two of you are able to uh, apprehend this threat, and he is, as he's getting uh, hauled away by the police, you, um, Midas, you manage to kind of tackle him to the ground, and how do you wind up restraining this creature? 
Um, and how does Moonflower help? Hmm. Let's see. I guess it's gotta be cool. I mean, ideally, yes. Ideally, cool. Um, so after after we have a kind of a a, a tumble across the floor, and him being a, a a sloppy wet squid boy, and me being a fiery boy, there's there's lots of steam and stuff, so it gets a little confusing. Not like you know, sexy steam, just like you know, mm -hmm. a not, kind yeah, of steam. not fun not steam. To, yeah, not not fun. to yuck anyone's yums, though. <laughs> <laughs> not that anyone watching isn't having. A yeah, good time. no, I mean, someone may have just found something out about themselves. Someone listening out there is like, "Ooh, fiery demon boy and and uh, sloppy wet squiddy boy, steamed clams." <laughs> I can ship it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I take my, my demon claws and just rip right through the nightmare dimension and uh, and grab a fiery chain and just rip it through the other side of the floor where his other arm is and, and bind his arms behind his back. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, and needless to say, your this causes massive damage to the floor. You rending yeah, it with these flaming chains that you are pulling <laughs> out of another realm. Um, awesome. Uh, we cut forward a little bit and the police are leading Mr. Squid away. Um, fire, uh, fire department is there on the scene. Um, most of the fire has been put out at this mm. point. Um, but Langley is there and he is furious with the two of you. And he knows you, Moonflower. He knows that you work with Belladonna. And he is just furious. He says, I cannot believe how irresponsible it was of her to send you out here like this alone. She is a member of the Vindicator. She's supposed to be smart. And uh, you're supposed to be uh, a trained hero. And the two of you just come in here bungling this up. Like, what do you have to say for yourself? Moonflower does not like being told off. She's not good at being in trouble. She's not very accustomed <laughs> to it. <laughs> I mean, I think she also feels a little like she didn't break the floor or the windows. <laughs> um, she will refrain. I, I will refrain from uh, pointing that out since Midas is still here. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm. I'm just going to like try and placate. Uh, just like. You're so right. We'll we'll make sure to do better next time. Um, I I will follow up with Belladonna to see how we can prevent this in the future. I'll be keeping an eye on you. Better stay in line if you want to make it to an official super team. Oh, that's both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I give him on a, a a salute with claws. <laughs> Is it a little bit sardonic at least? Like, can we throw a little eyebrow in or an eye roll? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. but my, my eyes are like kind of flamey, so you can't really tell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Besides being dripping with uh, demonic nightmare dimension, he's also dripping with sarcasm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we have caused collateral damage and uh, Langley is now on, he's keeping an eye on Moonflower. Um, so we will go to our next player, um, Sam Seward. Uh, Charlie, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, Southpaw? Uh, cool. Yeah. So I'm Charlie and am playing Sam Seward, uh, AKA Southpaw. Southpaw is a, uh, well, let me, I'll just say, Southpaw is about teamwork. He's about putting it all on the line, standing up for what's right. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to find the right pitch because, I, I mean, quite frankly, I haven't really done the hero thing yet officially. So... Ooh. Um, so, uh, Sam is from Louisville, Kentucky. He's a baseball player. He's not really a super anything, but he wants to, uh, do something different with his life. And so he rebelled against his professional athlete dad and came out to new, new Olympus to try and fight crime. And, uh, currently, I guess we don't, do we know where he is yet? Have we drawn, have we yes. drawn my card? Oh, okay. I yeah, tell me where he drawn. is. And I'll tell you what he's doing. Uh, the Jack of Diamonds. So uh, that brings us to Midtown, which is just east of Old Town. And uh, Midtown is the 
entertainment mecca of the West Coast. It is uh, New Olympus is just famous for its uh, casinos and giant neon lit skyscraper hotels and Broadway shows. And then a little further off Broadway, you find some pretty shady clubs. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, lots of sporting events. Um, yeah, Broadway runs all the way down to Founders Bridge and out to Paragon Island. Um, and so we have drawn a jack, uh, which means that we get to go to somewhere peaceful. I know, I know where it is. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we? Uh, and it's it's Sam is there? Oh, should I roll to see who my partner is? Oh, yeah, too? absolutely. Got to do that too. Really. Got to do that. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Excellent. Excellent. And that was a three. Awesome. So um so that means, uh KT. Um yes. Is that right? Yes, I forgot okay. to divide by two. I was like, holy shit, it's minus again. Awesome. Um cool. So KT, you are hanging out uh in the same area. Okay, so yeah, I'll, now I now I know. I actually don't really know if it necessarily mattered, but so I'll I'll paint my little word picture. Yes, please. Um, so we see. Uh, no, this is funny. So uh, the bus is coming down Broadway, and it pulls up in front of the famous Majestic Theater. And it's, you know, this big old fashioned marquee with a million bulbs and these bright lights and big art deco moldings and, you know, like sexy gargoyles, maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> and is intrigued. <laughs> and, um, and so this bus pulls up and off get comes, uh, 17 or a, a young kid you can tell is just baby face but six foot tall broad shoulders you know like and he's wearing a little classic eye mask and a baseball uniform and he and he gets off the bus and he just gets out in front of the majestic and looks up at the marquee and is just totally lit with pure wonder that he's finally here at this place that is just the center of so many of his like dreams and aspirations and uh you know is is just legendary and um where is waldo oh he's he's coming off the bus right now but he's helping an old lady he's carrying an old lady's groceries uh sort of off to the side so once he's done with his little errand of helping the old lady get her groceries oh up to her apartment, he comes running back and he sits and uh, he sits right by uh, Southpaw and uh, and looks up at the marquee as well. I thought you were going to say that he was carrying the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a strong golden retriever. No, he's just carrying the groceries and she was, yeah, you know. Um, so we're somewhere peaceful and here the hero encounters someone in need, someone who can help them on their journey to defeat the villain, but who needs something from the hero first. Um, yeah. KT, what are you doing around the majestic theater? I am, uh, I'm, I have my hands raised and one by one I'm causing, uh, the bulbs to dim until they go out and then allowing them to brighten back up over and over and over again. One at a time. But are you doing it really fast so that it looks like the lights are moving? So it's just like a regular marquee sign. <laughs> a little bit like a, a little bit like a Daft Punk concert. <laughs> awesome! Awesome! Hell yeah! So yeah, this is going to be an ally who's uh, going to help the heroes. Uh, it could be someone around your age, maybe a little older, a little younger. Um, do you have any ideas? Or um. Yeah, I do actually. Wait, so they can they can be a little older? Yeah, yes, this can be yeah, any ally of of the heroes. God help that old woman. <laughs> <laughs> um that would be really great. I mean, let's not forget about her. Um, awesome. What is her, her name? Na- oh, sure, yeah. Uh she is not the ally, but her name is um Bernadette 
Melnet. <laughs> okay. And that's M E W L Y N Y E T C H T. I did not spell that right, but sure. She's from the old country. Yeah, she's from the old country, so you know how it goes. But um but yeah, so um she's kind of she's kind of mysterious actually. She's kind of got uh some vibes going. Anyway, um but no, the ally is um so as Southpaw is standing there, he sees in the alleyway off to the side that a tour bus is poking out and just like on the corner of it he can see that it is this, this is, is anthem. anthem yeah yeah it's anthem this is anthem uh she has sonic based superpowers and was recently involved in a scandal where uh the devoted taylor swift fan base uh was convinced that uh taylor swift was secretly anthem in disguise uh but alas the great conspiracy was put to bed when the two of them appeared on stage together <laughs> um However, there are uh, still believers. There's st- obviously <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So um, South by you immediately recognize Anthem. Yeah. So I think that's what it. Uh, the bus pulls out and uh, some band members roll out and then South by it just like sees Anthem step out and it's just like that slow-mo glint, you know, like soundtrack fully up from under of you know i don't know if it's genuine's pony or if it's like if that's too on the nose but you know it's like powerful moment and uh what does her super suit look like um i think it's just like uh ultra tech rock star right so like uh today it's like this like incredible leather jacket but with and then but almost like a harness too you know like for the chest and all the acrobatic stunts you know all the flying that's in Mm -hmm. the show Mm and um and i and so she's wearing like her mask as well because she's out as anthem right now and kind of making this appearance out in front of the majestic and just as soon as they walk out as soon as anthem walks out is anthem she yes uh okay as soon as she walks out everyone starts like you you know like it's 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 kind of like stage photo op but also just people going crazy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um and i think what happens is that uh waldo just runs up to anthem like they're old friends and jumps on her which is oh. very out of character. And Sam's like, no, no. <laughs> now there's all these paparazzi. There's even more flashing going on. KT's kind of been flying about. So maybe it's an opportunity for KT to hop in, you know, get a hand on the ball here. Yeah. Well, uh, it looks like, it looks like that, uh, that little hairy creature is uh, hopping up and down on that, uh, on that musical robot. And it looks like we have a dude here who's really not doing too great. So, uh, KT is going to try to um, create just a little bit of peace for uh, for Anthem and Southpaw. And uh, KT is going to deaden the lights coming off of all of the flashbulbs uh, slash LEDs. I don't know how futuristic everyone's tech is here. And then uh, KT is going to lessen the density of Waldo, Southpaw, and Anthem until they start to float and we're gonna rise up another 50 to 75 feet so we have a little bit of peace and quiet. Whoa. Anthem uh, just takes this all in stride Um, just, uh, you know, it's all part of the show Um, and she is, is, yeah, just smiling at all of this and she looks at you, Southpaw, and says, oh my god, your dog has telekinesis. (laughs) <laughs> and, and <laughs> Southpaw says, "I swear to you, I tried so hard to train this out of him, uh, but he just won't stop <laughs> levitating us." Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's amazing. He is adorable. What's his name? 
Waldo. Yeah, Waldo. Yeah, it's Waldo. <clears throat> Uh, well, I'm Anthem. Uh, it's nice to meet you. And I didn't catch your name, she says, uh, turning to KT. They call me KT. So, pleasure to meet you. Are you guys, uh, are you guys supers here in town? Uh, well, just based on the last 30 seconds or so, I can assure you that our friend KT here is a super, but myself. What is a super? Uh, well, yeah, (laughs) see, there's that, but then also... I, I'm Southpaw, and you know, as you can see by my mask, I am a crime fighter, but I'm not much of a, you know, I, it's definitely not me and Waldo doing the doing the levitating. Let me just say that that was that was a joke. That was a joke on my part. I apologize, but thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's it's quite all right. I remember when I was first starting out. Uh, I'm going to be uh, in town for the week uh, doing a a concert. Um, but if uh, I catch you around, maybe we can uh, go fight some crime sometime. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, that would be in- incredible. I, 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 this is awkward because I, I feel like I, sh- I shouldn't be asking you for any favors. If anything, I should be either apologizing or thanking you or running as far away as possible. If I could run away, if I weren't just kind of floating freely in the air above this huge oh. throng of people. Oh. No, I, it's totally I, I fine. I apologize for that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. But so I, I can't the, uh, run away. It's and, actually but great I, coverage. Um, the uh, oh, oh. yeah, uh, this is already going viral. Um, just like checking your phone, saying that like people are like lives. Are people getting sick? Uh, <laughs> Sam takes out his phone as well, and he's and it's actually blowing up with like people he knows texting him. <laughs> um, and uh, he says, "Oh wow." Uh, but anyway. Since uh, this is all extremely crazy and I don't really know what's going on, can I just ask real quick, could I come see one of your shows while you're here this week? Tell you what, uh, you get us uh, all back down safely and uh, I'll give you and your friends uh, some backstage passes. I, I also would like to be let back down safely and Waldo as well, I believe would be. And, and then we see Waldo and he's actually like just pointing at a bird that's flying by <laughs> at eye level. As though, yeah, it's a pigeon. You know, it's a pigeon on like a, on a fire escape or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Something. I love it's it. a pigeon bird moment. <laughs> Excellent. Um, awesome. Yeah. So uh, Anthem is now an ally of the team. And anytime we draw a diamond now, so whenever we are in Midtown, uh, Anthem will show up and help our heroes. Nice. So, so mechanically, uh, you guys get a plus one while you are in Midtown now tight thank you um, waldo excellent yes waldo and his telepathy really well done, doing waldo. a solid for the team moonflower we are back to you um uh, why don't you go ahead and roll to find out who will be joining you in this adventure got a two got a two awesome that would be kt and i have drawn ooh, the queen of hearts so a uh, face card. So this is going to be another uh, important character. And the queen means that it is someone personal. And specifically, the queen of hearts means that the person we're going to be meeting in this scene is someone related to Moonflower's romantic life. Oh, dear. Yeah. So um, the hearts. So we are um, down on the boardwalk. The boardwalk runs uh, from the Opera House, which is kind of on the coast in the middle of Old Town, uh, all the way down along the coast to uh, the pier uh, in Midtown, which is over by uh, Broadway. Um, So, yeah, just a lot of uh, storefronts. Um, The pier has, uh, you know, Ferris wheel, roller coaster, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. So whereabouts on the boardwalk are we and who are we meeting here? I really thought I was going to have more time to figure out Eden's romantic life than this. <laughs> <laughs> so much possibility. I think Eden flirts with everyone. Um, uh, you didn't say it had to be had to be figured out. It just has to be, you know. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is, it really could be anyone. Um, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. All right. Um, let's just go with what we know. well, what I know. Um, Let's let's bring in Shrike. 
Awesome. See what he's up to these days. Awesome. Um, yeah, so Shrike is another protege in this city. And he's the protege of a hero named Black Falcon. And Black Falcon is like Batman, but super hardcore. Like Batman, if Batman took his I only have one rule rule very, very literally. But yeah, Shrike is his protege. Um, uh, Shrike also does not have any superpowers that we know of. Um, but he does have a bulletproof suit with some uh, metal wings. And uh, is very highly trained. So, uh, where do you meet up with Shrike? Uh, we can go down to the closer to Midtown end of the boardwalk. Awesome. Makes sense since she's probably kind of headed back after the stock exchange incident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And were you uh, looking for Shrike, or did you guys just kind of bump into each other, or? I'm not looking for him. I don't care what he does. <laughs> of course awesome um so let's just say that um you and katie who is nearby both of you hear a uh kind of a, a commotion from nearby behind one of these uh the stores on the boardwalk um and uh as you investigate you find um shrike has uh just like knocked out this uh uh thief who is trying to break into one of the bodegas. Uh, so he will turn as uh, you approach, and he will look at Moonflower and say, uh, Oh, Moonflower, it's uh, good to see you. Um, I uh, have everything under control here. Uh, just a minor break-in. Are you feeling alright? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think we've met. Your, your pupils are dilating. They're absorbing a lot more light every time you look at Moonflower here. Well, yeah, it's dark out. Um, but they were big before, but they get bigger when you look at her. Okay. Um, uh, Moonflower, what have you been up to? I uh, There was a big commotion on uh, Paragon Island the other day. I'm going to say, well, that wasn't really me. I was there, but... <laughs> you know how it is. Giant squids. <laughs> oh, one of those days, huh? One of those. What is Moonflower thinking right now? What's going through her head? Um, I think she mostly feels stabby um, a little bit. That's a mood. Um, yeah. And I, I think the fact that she thinks he's hot only makes her more stabby because um, she doesn't like that about him. She doesn't like anything about him as far as she has told herself. <laughs> but these knives are blaring, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've been reloaded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I, I think she is um, feeling very stabby and trying really hard to look like she does not care about this interaction. Moonflower, your eyes are doing the same thing that his are. <laughs> so, uh, They're absorbing more light, too. Your friend of yours uh, really into eyes. Um, Is that gentleman all right? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, technically, no. He has a, a large concussion, concussion and uh, pretty substantial uh, damage to his dentistry. Um, uh, should we be seeking medical attention for him? Oh, no, he'll be fine. Uh, Moonflower, uh, do you think they're going to push through that, like, a uh, young hero registration crap? Who can say? I guess it won't really affect you since you're on a team. I mean, I don't know. I don't really like the whole idea of, you know, like, being on government payroll or whatever. But I don't know if it's... Uh, I guess if that's the way things are, are moving forward. Well, um, you never know in New Olympus, things can change pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, listen, about the whole uh, team thing, uh, I know they didn't pick you to join the Young Vindicators, and uh, I kind of feel bad about that. Uh, 
but I just wanted you to know that uh, I think you're uh, um, you're a, a great hero, very uh, professional, and um, I'd be happy to. I look forward to working with you in the future. What I'm trying to say, I guess, uh, he kind of looks down at his boots awkwardly. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. It's fine. I've I've got my own things in the works. I think this guy is bleeding. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Would you look at that? He's a little bit. Uh, there is a lot of blood here. <laughs> I mean, I did break a bottle over his face. Yeah. Um, don't worry. Uh, it'll it, it'll that'll wash out. Look, uh, I should I should probably get going. Um, nice running into you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he's just gonna kind of take off into the sky. Because he can fly, which is also not something that Ethan's bitter about. Yes, yes, not even a little bit. Um, cool. Um, so, uh, Eden, if you had had an injury, you would be able to uh, heal it. Um, but you uh, do get a point of inspiration um, from this encounter. Uh, it was a very inspiring encounter. Yes. Um, I don't and... know, seeing him fidget might, like... That might boost her spirits a little bit. <laughs> um, oh, and Southpaw, you also got a point of inspiration from meeting Anthem. I forgot about that. Um, but anyway, inspiration you can spend to appear in a scene that you are not in to add to uh, add one to a role or to uh, protect someone from receiving an injury. KT, you are up next. Let's see who will be joining you. All righty. I rolled a five. Awesome. So I think that is Moonflower. And I have drawn the three of clubs. So we are back on Paragon Island. Nice. Um, and this is a new threat that we have never encountered before. So it is um, late at night on Paragon Island. And... As you are out kind of patrolling the city, Moonflower, you had uh, a silent, you noticed that a silent alarm was tripped back at the stock exchange. Uh, so you were there probably investigating. And um, KT, you have noticed a uh, figure moving around in the building that has been all, you know, uh, it's got like crime tape all up around it and uh, everything. It's all like section, sectioned off. No one should be in there, but it is someone is there exploring late at night um, who looks like they probably should not be. What do you do? How bright? Uh, what is the lighting situation here? Um, dark. Lights are off. Um, there's like some exterior lights on, but none of the lights inside the building are on. Already, and this uh, this unknown. This unknown suspect here. Are they using a flashlight? Are they using thermal imaging goggles? They, uh... um, so uh, you can see that they're wearing a pretty advanced looking helmet um, that does look like it's got some sort of like, uh, yeah, like night vision capabilities built into it. Alrighty. Ms. Moonflower, if you look up over in this direction, there is somebody in those rooms three stories above us. They're wearing some sort of helmet that appears to be able to absorb infrared light. I don't think he's supposed to be up there. No, I think probably not. Does Eden know who this is? Yes. Um, Eden, you immediately recognize that this is Pariah. Um, Pariah is a thief. Um, she is a professional. She is incredibly good at what she does. Um and her powers are that she absorb she can absorb the powers of power people in her vicinity. So yeah, she's breaking in and is uh, probably can't be up to anything good. Uh, poking around through the offices of some of the executives uh, high up in the building that the stock exchange is in. I'm gonna start floating up towards her. Um, I guess Moonflower, if what, what what are you doing down there? Um, so as you kind of hover silently outside the window and look in at Pariah, there's a, a pause, and then she looks up 
and turns and notices you. And uh, there's an immediate, like, blast of bright, fiery light that you recognize as, like, the same kind of light that you can produce, um, KT. Um, and, like, the whole, like, it's already dark inside the room, but it just goes, like, pitch black for a second and then flashes this bright solar burst of energy. And Pariah is on the run trying to get away. Um, awesome. So, uh, let's have you roll. Um, we are in, uh, on Paragon Island, which is your home turf. Um, so you roll with plus two. However, uh, director Langley is still on the case. So, so oh, dear. it's down to a plus one. So roll 2d6 and take the highest result. Oh, well, they're both ones. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. So um, on a one, you still, you stop the threat. Um, but despite your best efforts, you can't save everyone. Um, so uh, there is collateral damage and you will take an injury. Uh, so how do you eventually manage to scrape by and stop the threat? And what can't you, who or what can't you save? This building so, is having a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the last thing she did was uh, emanate um, visible light at mm -hmm. me and attempt to run. So um, I am going to reach out and slow down uh, all this light that she's spitting at me, breaking it down into the uh, individual visual uh, colors and spectrums, breaking mm -hmm. that white light into red and yellow and orange green so on and so forth um i'm going to uh kind of like part it out of my way and uh fly forwards and um hit the window awesome uh alerting any farsec that might be in the area still combing and, oh yeah um, alarms immediately start going off right um i believe moonflower is inside the building now at this point, if she gets into the room before I can make my way through that uh, that glass, I'm going to wave at her and just kind of shrug. Um, Moonflower, what are you doing? I feel like this might not be my first run-in with Pariah. Probably um, not, yeah. The good news is I don't have any powers she can steal. Yes. The bad news is she has KT's powers. Yes, and you do not have powers that you... <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to engage, but I'm going to, like, be on my toes and dodging and, like, just hoping to, like, get in, like, close enough in a position to throw a knife or something, because... Yeah, so, um, yeah, the two of you get in this, like, epic battle going through these offices and, like, throwing each other through cubicles. Um, you, you know, keep keep her under a barrage of knife fire that she's deflecting with <laughs> her new gravity powers. KT is uh, trying to help out. Um, but Pariah does manage to break into, like, a server room, and she grabs this server rack that's, like, the size of a briefcase and just, like, rips it out of the server and starts making a break for the window. Does Pariah have any other wearable uh, tech on her person that I can yeah. see, like a like a backpack or um, like um, arm? Yeah. Yep, she's got like a, a grappling hook built into her gauntlets. Um, yeah, she's got a couple other gadgets. Okay, um, is she wearing a, like a like a belt or some boots specifically? Yes. Uh, KT is going to reach forward in increase the density of Pariah's boots. So each individual boot now weighs 200 pounds. <laughs> awesome. KT goes, or, um, sorry, uh, Pariah goes tumbling to the floor uh, in her new massive shoes, uh, unable to keep going forward. And um, she almost made it to like the broken window. It looked like she was going to jump out um, 
And as you're standing over her, a helicopter just flies up out of nowhere, level with the window, and Pariah just chucks the briefcase out the window and into the helicopter, and it flies away. Just then, like, floodlights uh, from across the building start, like, shining in the windows and blinding you, and the police are now in force up the stairs coming in to take control of this situation. Um, and where the police are on Paragon Island, uh, Director Langley cannot be far behind. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to hurriedly float over towards Moonbeam and, um, with her consent, uh, wrap my arms around her waist, bend the light around us to become invisible, and then try to float silently out of, uh, out of this building. Awesome. The two of you disappear into the night, and uh, we cut to a brief panel of Langley arriving on the scene, and uh, one of his officers showing him uh, security camera footage of the incident, and uh, he freezes the the video and pauses and uh, zooms in enhances. <laughs> and enhances. Uh, Enhance. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Langley's got enhanced. Yeah, yeah, they've got <laughs> Zoom and enhanced technology. Dude, Farsec is like, yeah, crazy high tech. Farsec um, is the type of high tech where if you flip the image around, it shows you the back of the image. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so he zooms in and enhances and sees uh, the familiar forms now of KT and Moonflower, and uh, a frown crosses his face. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at GalvanicMan. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at BigSkyCharlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton. You can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Wonderworld Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.